Well, welcome again, everyone, and Merry Christmas. We have um, a very short text to look at here. My daughter just leaned over to me and kind of reminded me of my very simple um, commission in this service. It just says, Jesus, Brian K. I'm, I'm, here to talk, I'm here to talk about Jesus on the day of his birth. I also want to say I learned something about my family today, or I should say I almost learned something. I thought, boy, we've got a, we sing pretty well, the, the Ks, we sing pretty well. And then I realized, of course, that the Wood family had just filed in behind us. <laughs> and it's like every imaginable harmonization is happening, highs, lows, there's innovative things happening musically. Um, thank you all for making my Christmas more joyful. <laughs> Are you ready for this? For some Jesus time, this will be a short sermon. I've been given 10 minutes. So our, our brief text is Matthew 1, 1, and then 16. This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. So we have been for weeks and weeks now speaking about, in these sermon times, the rough roots of Jesus' family tree, as Matt mentioned in the voiceover there, it's, it's, a, it's a complicated family tree, and complicated is a nice way of saying somewhat inglorious. There are all kinds of characters in this family tree leading up to Jesus that if you were trying to invent a religion and make it sound sterling and awesome and compelling, you wouldn't put all these people in it, and yet there these people are in Matthew's, in Matthew's uh, gospel. But it's also a story of beautiful branches one way to say that is that everyone who comes after Jesus, who trusts in him, believes in him, gets grafted into this family tree. You might like that idea, you might not like it, but that's the invitation and that's what's on offer in coming to Christ, is to be grafted into his own family. So on Christmas Day, let's take just a few minutes here and talk about Jesus Christ, the center of this genealogy. And I'll say, I want to say a couple things, keeping with the theme of this series, that Jesus Christ is himself, he is himself both rough and beautiful. And if you know about his roughness and about his beauty, if you know those two sides to him, you'll know a lot about who he is. Well, <clears throat> some people will say right away, uh, it's nice to make up these stories about roughness and beauty, but we all know, contemporary people know, that these Jesus stories are kind of elevated fairy tales. I'm, no, they're very well-meaning. They're morally inspirational. If you need that in your life, that's great. Um, but I will say, I was listening to, just last night, as a matter of fact, a, uh, a podcast with two esteemed British historians who were talking about the person of Jesus, and you might be thinking to yourself, I just saw you at the Christmas Eve service. I saw you at both Christmas Eve service. When were you listening to a podcast? It was on the way home after the 8 o'clock service. I was listening, and these two historians were saying, they were trying to reckon with the narratives of Jesus Christ a bit, and they said, you know, like it or not, um, the evidence that this man really did live is compelling even to us, and we, we don't even quite believe. And on top of that, they said, it's not just that he was human. There's something about this story that is more than merely human. And these miracle stories, the stories of the power of Jesus Christ, they said, are not easily, they're not easily swiped away. So if you need to know some of the evidence about the historical Jesus and why he is who he said he is, I would love to have that conversation with you. Many of our staffers would as well. Just wanted to get that out there. 
um, the encountering of this Jesus Christ is something that you do have to contend with, even if you're just a thinking person. Well, what happens when people encounter them, encounter him? In the gospel narratives, we see that when a person encounters the beauty and the roughness of Jesus Christ, usually one of two things happen. They either want to kill Jesus or they want to make him the center of their life. They either want to kill him or make him the absolute center. And you might think, that sounds a little extreme. I, I, I kind of, I like him. I sort of respect him. So let me, I'll put it this way then, just as a concession. Uh, you'll either want him out of your life the more you get to know him, you want to move him to the side, um, or you will be drawn to him. And that might fit with more of how some of us think. I would hope, and this will be no surprise coming from a preacher, that I would hope that Jesus Christ for you moves more and more toward the center of your life, the very white-hot center of your own personal sense of identity and purpose and meaning, that he becomes the thing around the rest of your life orbits. In fact, you don't even become the center of your life anymore. He becomes the center, and you're sort of orbiting around him as your center. Um, Let me try to explain some of that. But let's go into the roughness and the beauty, because this will... If I was going to make a case for why he should be your center, considering, again, that roughness and that beauty, and you may see why he belongs there. Jesus was rough. By that we mean Jesus Christ is revealed as having a fully human nature. As we've seen and heard again and again, he was born of a humble peasant, Mary. We talked in our home last night about how Mary would have had even a bad reputation for being pregnant before having married Joseph. And so Jesus had kind of a a reputational shadow hanging over him. That's a real roughness, especially in first century Palestine. But Jesus has fully human DNA. He is like us in every way. He was born in an animal manger, no crib for a bed, as we've sung. I was asking uh, my son here, Miles, last night, what should I say about Jesus? I've got to talk about Jesus for about 10 minutes tomorrow. And he just blurted out something like, tell him about Jesus' teenage years. And I thought, that's exactly what we know the least about. And uh, it's setting me up for disaster, Miles. Um, but the Bible does say that Jesus grew in stature and in wisdom. And that's, that's a, there's a roughness to that. He didn't show up in the manger as this perfectly spoken prophet of the Lord. He, he grew up like all of us did. He, he grew in wisdom. He grew in stature, in his human nature, that is. He's a man of sorrows. He is one who was tempted in every way. These are all roughnesses. He knows pain, every kind of pain. He was someone familiar with sadness, loneliness. He wept real tears. He knew rejection. All this means that no matter what you've been dragged through in your life, and all of us are victims of life, in one degree or another. Life is a brutal thing. It's, the earthly life is a, a brutal thing to get dragged through. If you're 80, you're, you're, you're tired by now. Of more than a few, you're emotionally tired, I'm guessing. I don't, I'm guessing, I don't wanna project. Uh, you're physically tired, life gets at you, and Jesus knows all of this in his own bones. Um, he is also a man of joy. G.K. Chesterton said, This kind of blew me away. I just read this very recently. And he said what became compelling to him about the Gospels was that there's a tenor through the Gospels of what he called mirth, a a happiness to Jesus, 
amidst the sorrows, a kind of a joy that bubbled up with, within it. I think you see this in the, the uh, John chapter 2, where he turns water into wine and makes a party last much, much, much longer than it would have otherwise. There's a mirth to Jesus Christ that we can relate to. Jesus said that you can know him like a friend. I'm still putting this under roughness, the commonality of Jesus. The New York Times yesterday, right on, like above the fold, if that makes sense, in a digital um, format, had a great article by Peter Wenner on Jesus Christ's prioritization of friendship. He is not just a lofty savior. He is one who comes right up to our side. Well, he is also beautiful. What do we mean by that? Was he physically beautiful? Probably not. We don't really know what he looked like exactly, but there's a place in Isaiah that prophesies about Jesus and says that there was nothing in him that would have drawn us to him. Many think this is a suggestion that he wasn't sort of a looker. He wouldn't be like, a, who's that savior? It, it would have been a, uh, he would have passed right by you. I didn't expect that many laughs, really, on that. But I, <laughs> nothing to attract us. So what what is his beauty then? The beauty is that Jesus Christ has a divine nature too. He is God through and through, the scripture tells us. He is, as those historians said, he is more than merely human, it would seem. There's something more going on. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, as we just sang. Jesus is Emmanuel, the old Hebrew word that means God with us. He is the firstborn over all creation, That doesn't mean he was born before anyone else was born. It means that he has the status of the firstborn, the most honored in all of creation. He is the alpha and the omega, the scripture tells us, the beginning and the end of everything. He is full of glory. Jesus Christ said himself without blushing, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Who says that? What he meant was, You need me to live. You need me inside. I am the nourishment of your very spiritual life. And without me, you are slowly starving to death. These are great claims and beautiful claims. Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. This is getting a little theological, but in John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word, does anyone know? The word was God. Jesus Christ is the word made flesh, but he was God and is God and always will be God. The judge of the earth, the scripture says. The scripture says that one day everyone who has ever lived will stand before his throne, kneel before his throne, in fact. And in Jesus Christ, at this very moment, all creation holds together. If you're a scientist, you know that there are are forces that can explain how matter holds together. And what the scripture says is, that's all true, scientists. Everything you know about physics is true. But underneath it all, somehow, mysteriously, is Jesus Christ holding the very material world and universe together. Without him, we would all be a splayed out uh, bunch of atoms fleeing into the four corners of the universe. These things are beautiful about Jesus. Jesus Christ is like us, but he is so unlike us in other ways. Every one of us in this room is either looking for someone who is rough or someone who is beautiful to fill you, or both. 
someone who on the roughness side gets us, who can sympathize with us, who can make you feel less alone, who will come down with us where we suffer, weep alongside of us, as he did with Lazarus, his friend, someone who knows temptation but was without sin. In Jesus Christ, you've got all this. You've got the greatest bosom buddy you could ever have. But some of us are looking for someone who is beautiful, someone who can give us purpose, someone who is transcendent above us, who is elevated, who, realize, who can get our, our eyes off the muck and mire of daily existence and point us in a direction, point us toward himself, point us toward the Father. In Jesus Christ, we have a beautiful Savior in that way. Well, very lastly, what are we to do? Simply, on Christmas, receive him as a gift. There's really not anything to do so much as to just open your hands and heart and receive. Jesus says, I will live within you if you open the door. I'm knocking at the door of your heart. If you open it, I will come in and eat with you and we will be together forever. That is the promise of Jesus Christ. It is the Christmas gift of the Father to you today and every day. Open your hearts and be filled with the beauty of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, as well as the roughness. Can we pray very briefly? Just pray that in. Lord Jesus Christ, we all see, because we're all individuals that are a little bit different in this room, we see different facets of your person and your character. We see you like a diamond being slowly rotated and catching different glints of light. May we receive, though, all of you in all of your beauty and your roughness. May we move you from the margins of our life to a casual acquaintance to having you at the very, very center. Give us new life in you. And Father in heaven, we thank you for the great gift of your son on this Christmas day. Amen.